0: Welcome to Journey Elgin of Elgin, Texas, where we are living life in Christ, impacting his kingdom. Our service times are Sunday at 9 a.m., followed by a second service at 1045 a.m. Today's message is... Well, it is the the start of school, and so kind of the, the theme of the Last couple of weeks has been kind of that new start, um, a new start to what God is, uh, you know, uh, in our life. Maybe it's a a new start. Can you can you change the direction of your life? That's what we talked about last week. Is finding a new start in Him. Remember we talked about uh, looked at Psalms where David had uh, sinned and had done some horrible things with Bathsheba, and he needed a new start, right? And and God allows that. It doesn't mean that there's not consequences. Doesn't mean that it's going to be easy, but that we can have a new start, a fresh start with Him. And uh, and I started thinking about that because um, obviously I believe that you can have a new start and and that you can start over. Um, but I started thinking: Do we do we really believe that? Do we really believe that people can change? Right. And and I, I think that's an interesting question. I've been thinking a lot about that. Uh, this week. Um, do we really believe people can change? Obviously, we say that we believe that. Um, and, and I think our society kind of goes back and forth on this. In some ways, our society loves it when someone uh, experiences rock bottom and then picks themselves up and, and changes. But in a lot of ways, our society doesn't really allow for a lot of change and doesn't doesn't really think that people can. A couple of examples that came to my mind, um, and I, I don't think this was last weekend, maybe it was the weekend before. Um, I don't know, how many of y'all uh, watch golf? And I know most of you are like, never. But uh, man, but I will say it's a lot more exciting than watching, watching something like bass fishing or something like that. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, but Tiger Woods defines golf, right? For the last 20 years. And, and I, I'll, I'll be honest, I've never been a big Tiger Woods fan. But I, I w- have watched him from the beginning. Because, uh, you know, he, he burst on the scene around 1997. We're about the same age. Um, and so I've always been fascinated. I've always loved watching him. And I've, uh, I love watching how good he was because he was just amazing. But then I would hope that someone would beat him right at the end right? And, and, uh, and there for a while that did not happen. He was incredible and it it, it didn't matter what you think of him. It was incredible, but because it's that sporting, you know, you kind of, there's that competitiveness and, uh, but I was always fascinated with how good he was. And, uh, and he was, he's always been a fairly controversial figure in, in, in a lot of ways. Well, um, in 2007, and he was at the height. I mean, he was still winning. It didn't look like he was going to slow down. His personal life fell apart, right? And it caught up with him. And uh, his his wife chased him with a golf club. How ironic is all of that? And, and we kind of laugh at it now and, and you kind of can, but it, it was really, it was really, really sad. If you just step back and you just look, his personal life just started crumbling. And it was amazing to see what happened to this guy who athletically was by far better than everyone else and was just incredible. And he had some injuries in there as well, I understand. But from 2007 to 2017, which would have been for a golfer the prime of his career, he fell off the face of the earth, especially in terms of for him. And, uh, and two weeks ago was the PGA Championship. It was the last major. There's four big tournaments that they, they play. And, and, uh, and it was the, the big one. And he was back. And it was fascinating. And I, I loved watching it. Um, I, and and you, it was really interesting, to feel, because people were pulling for Tiger. They and it was kind of this whole thing. People recognized, man, this guy was at the top of the mountain. He collapsed, and now we're just trying to will him back up the mountain. And uh, and and I, I'll admit, I was pulling for him to do really well. But I will say, at the very end, I was like, yeah, but maybe maybe he'll fall a stroke short. And and he did. He didn't win, but he was back. I mean, and and, and it was cool. And I and I even got caught up in it. Pulling for him to do well, and you know i don 't know if his life has changed much at all. I really don't you know he 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 does act a lot different now. He engages with people differently. It does appear that there's been some change but uh, but I don 't know, but in that case, our kind of society kind of likes that, don't they they're like, oh, that's cool. We, we like to see people change like that but But the reality is is that's kind of said in a sports context. And so there's kind of a benefit for us if he changes. Right? Like if you're a fan of him, his, you want him to change and get better. So I don't know if that really means that as a society we think people can change or even want people to change. I, I kind of think that there's some other examples that maybe get it a little bit more at the heart of it that we don't really think that people can change. A um, couple, couple of examples, I don't know if you've noticed in the political world, which is chaos But uh, recently um, It's kind of become a trend Over the last couple of years To look back at what people have said Or done from 15 20 years ago And bring it to light now And basically say Look at who this person is And by the way this happens from both sides um, Do this And uh, especially with social media Now People will go back and they'll find something that somebody posted on Facebook from 15 years ago. And then they'll say, see, look at what this person is. And if, they, if it doesn't fit their political agenda, right, that becomes an indictment on that person. Well, just doing that, the premise of that, you're basically saying people can't really change. If that's what they did back then, that must be what they believe now. And it may be completely different. Um, it, this this happened and, it, and it, it was in the sports world, but not not quite the same. Um, the NFL football, of course, has a, a draft every year, and uh, and this I think it was this past year. There was a, a kid who was probably twenty one, twenty two years old. You know, he finished college. He was in going, to, and he was going to it to be a first round draft pick. And the day before the draft happened, all of a sudden it co- becomes public some tweets that he had tweeted when he was 14 or 15 years old and they were inappropriate. I mean there was no doubt that they were inappropriate. But all of a sudden those go out and this guy doesn't get drafted in the first round. He gets drafted in the second or something like that. And and I I, I just looked at that. I said, "You know, how stupid is that?" Like, yes, that was inappropriate for him to tweet something when he was 14 or 15. Yes. But basically, the assumption was, is if he did this when he was 14 or 15, he must still think the same thing. How stupid is that? Right? All of us know that there's major change that happens in in our life from 14 to 21. Right? And thank heavens, not everything that I said or thought or wrote down whenever I was in high school is for public consumption now. Right? (laughs) But but just the doing that and how it can be effective. I mean, look, there's some politics and there's, I know politics is a messy situation, but there are people who their lives, you know, something that happened 20 years ago is is destroying them now. And sometimes that needs to happen, but sometimes it's a sentence or something that they wrote that was just an opinion, and now it's being used, and it's like, well, no, maybe they can change. I think our society is getting to the point and I see this in the church that we we struggle with believing whether people can really change or not. And that is a very dangerous place to be. See because it's very easy to be cynical and guess what there's a lot of evidence that supports it, right? <laughs> you, you you look and you're like yeah, people don't change you know they may learn to hide behavior better but at the core they're still the same people that they are the danger with that as christians is that when we start thinking that then we start looking at the world and we start thinking well there's really nothing that we can do if people don't, if people can't change then what are we really even going to be able to do about it and that is a very unhealthy place for the church to ever get into. And I want to read a passage that that I, I just I love and it's a powerful passage. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starts in verse 16. It says, So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Alright, that's that's a, a huge key, right? So, from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. So, the worldly point of view, is, I think, it pushes us to this idea that, no, people can't really change. It's just the, the way it is. That's the worldly point of view. That is not accurate. So, we're not going to do that. Paul is writing, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I love so many things about this passage, but it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. So the question comes, do we really believe that? Do we really believe that that can happen? And the answer is yes, but it's only going to happen through Christ. Right? The, the world struggles, struggles to, to experience change and to see change happen to people. But Christ does change lives. And this is written by a guy named Paul who ex- experienced extreme change, right? Here's the guy, he was persecuting the church. He hated all that Christ was about, but yet when he experienced Christ, his life was changed and he became a new creation. And I think it's important for us as the church to remember that people can change, that Jesus, that Christ is changing lives. Because if we don't believe that. And if we don't live that out, that 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 is a reality, the world's not going to get a glimpse of it. Because guess what? The media and the secular viewpoint is not going to allow that message to get out there. It's not going to allow the fact that Christ changes lives to get out there. And that's just the way it is. And guess what? That's for the most part the way that it's always been. Right? That's, uh, and that, that's a reality. And so the church needs to be the, the megaphone that says, no, Christ is still changing lives. You know, there's a, a guy by the name of Isaiah Robertson he has a really cool story. And uh, he was a NFL football player back in the 70s um, and early 80s, uh, played for the Los Angeles Rams um, and uh, had a successful career. Um, ended up getting in after after his uh, career was over. Uh, got into drugs. Uh, found himself in a crack house, and then he's uh, all of a sudden um, gets in a fight with the, the drug dealers. And uh, his story is amazing. Said uh, the drug dealer had a shotgun pointed right at his face and pulls the trigger, and it jams. And he gets out of the, the that mess. And that's kind of a wake up call, right? And, uh, and so to his credit, he was like, man, I've, I've got to change something. And so he starts changing. He gets cleaned up, uh, he ch- gets his life on a, a different path. Now he has a place that's called the House of Isaiah. It's up uh, near the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Um, it's there to, to help people through substance abuse issues, things like that. And it's really is- interesting. He talks about having seven steps. And uh, whenever I first saw that, I was like, Oh, is this a totally different thing than some of the, the normal ways, right? You know, the uh, 12-step program and stuff. No, it actually incorporates the 12-step program is one of the steps. Um, but, uh, but his first step and he is that you have to get to the place where you recognize that change only happens through a relationship with God. That, that change happens through the power of God. And, uh, and I th- it's, there's, a, there's a difference between that and the way secularly we handle those issues, right? And he acknowledges, he says, there, there's aspects of this that is, are disease. He, he acknowledges all those things that sometimes we get hung up on and question, but he's like, ultimately, if you truly want to change, it's going to have to be because God is giving you the strength to do that, right? Now, is he gonna get a lot of, credit and publicity with that? No, not a whole lot. But man, he's seeing lives be changed. Right? Jesus Christ is still in the habit and the business of changing lives. And man, we need to believe that. You know, last uh, two weekends ago was the anniversary of uh, all the stuff that happened in Charlottesville a year ago. And uh, the the media... Um, covered it because there was going to be another, you know, white supremacist march. And there was. And I do want to say there were only like 25 people that showed up. And it got a lot of coverage. And it's still really sad that 25 people felt like (laughs) being that hateful uh, on spending a Saturday doing that. But it was amazing the media coverage, right, that that 25 people got. And uh, so I started thinking about that. and, And obviously that was such a divisive uh, time as it should be. I mean, obviously, it's a divisive thing, and uh, and I started looking, and uh, there were two stories that that jumped up just in, in just some quick searches about white supremacy.